Hello, everyone. This is Sean from the SRB podcast. As you know, the podcast is sponsored by the Center for Russian, East European, and Eurasian Studies at the University of Pittsburgh. Now, every semester, we do a center newsletter where we spotlight a few of our faculty. So instead of doing a paragraph or a short interview, I decided to create these audio profiles of our featured faculty. You might remember two others from the past of Olga Klimova and Katie Manukian. That way, you can hear them in their own words talking about their work, their teaching, and their general interests. This faculty spotlight is on Ignor Lider, who teaches Turkish in the University of Pittsburgh's Linguistics Department. Here's Noor discussing her love and challenges of teaching a so-called less commonly taught language like Turkish, some of its particularities as a language, and what draws students to study it. Enjoy! My goal, in short, is really for students to go beyond these um, very generalized, stereotypical images of Turkey and society in Turkey and deconstruct and try to see uh, various experiences, perspectives, and uh, the diversity uh, within the society. My name is Ilknur Lider, but you can call me Noor. And I have been teaching Turkish at the Linguistic Department's Less Commonly Taught Languages Center since 2008. I'm also the Turkish program coordinator and the advisor for the Turkish uh, minor. In addition to that, uh, I've been teaching general education course on Turkish culture and society for the last five years. I grew up in Turkey, so my journey started in a small town in the Black Sea region of Turkey. And then I went to college in Ankara. Then when I graduated, I wanted to come to the U.S. for graduate study. And we are talking about the year 1990. There was no Internet. So I decided to go by the, uh, the word of mouth. So at the time, I had a public finance professor, Dr. Malyada and he had done his PhD at the University of Pittsburgh when this city was covered all in you know, gray skies, uh, smoke and must because of the steel industry. But he said, decent people, decent city. Less commonly taught languages like Turkish, these are the languages that uh, there hasn't been a lot of uh, language programs and there has been a recent interest in, in these languages, I think. And they are also called less commonly taught languages because uh, there is a relative lack of teaching materials or textbooks for these languages, generally speaking. I'm doing so many things, but language pedagogy is absolutely uh, the focus of my uh, most recent uh, work. Recently, I am working, I'm, I'm, uh, I have taken part in this project to develop language teaching materials on social justice issues. 
I'm also interested in uh, language proficiency, particularly at what people call strategic competence. Uh, that refers to, you know, what do you do when you do not know the specific vocabulary or the specific form? What do you do? How do you use the known elements of the language to uh, express yourself and maintain conversation? A big part of my time, I, I usually spend on developing uh, language teaching materials for my advanced level classes because, as we talked, there is uh, no textbook to teach um, advanced level Turkish classes. The existing ones are just, uh, you know, grammar explanations that are very, very intimidating for students. So I find myself, you know, trying to find authentic texts of various genres and types you know they can be movies television shows pieces from turkish literature newspapers news outlets recently social media to develop uh, language teaching materials turkish is a non-cognate language and it is a different types of language it works with uh, exclusively with agglutination and that is meaning the meaning is created by adding suffixes to word stems and you modify meaning by modifying those little tiny uh, suffixes. And so there isn't much for students to transfer, conceptually speaking, from you know, how language works from their own experiences in English or in other languages that they study. I always tell my students three things, please. Be patient with yourselves. Be patient with, uh, the, with the language, with Turkish, and be patient with me. Because students generally, they focus on their mistakes, you know. Um, and so, some of them, they, they're not familiar this, with this process of trial and error. And it is, in all types of language learning, trial and error is fundamental In, uh, when I introduce any text beyond grammar and vocabulary, I need to make sure ways of making students understand the context. Let me give you a simple example. There is a term which literally translates into uh, English as white Turks. The first time you hear it, probably you will think, oh, this is a racial term, maybe may refer to skin color or ethnicity of people. And if you're going to read a newspaper article about it, you know, that's the first impression of students. But then they realize it has nothing to do with race as it is understood in the U.S. It has everything to do with the socioeconomic status and where you live. Uh, so it's a new way of looking at uh, race defining issues like racial issues uh, so even simple vocabulary sometimes uh, may not make sense if you look at uh, if you try to look at Turkish or you know just literally translate and try to make sense out of it so for students to make sense of these texts they need to learn Turkish history they need to get familiar with uh, social, uh, economic, and political issues so that they can make sense uh, of 
uh, the language use that they see in these texts. And it is very challenging. It's very important to question, you know, what you teach also for students, what you learn, but what you do not learn as well. That means excluding some parts of the society. You know, there are students who want to learn Turkish to pursue uh, academic research. And then um, there are students who come to the Turkish program because, as you may know, Turkish is one of the critical languages since uh, in 2006. The U.S. State Department launched this critical languages program through which students can apply for scholarships to study Turkish, both in the U.S. as well as in Turkey. And then I have uh, heritage students. There are not many, as you know, the uh, number of people uh, from Turkey in the U.S. is uh, quite negligible. Uh, So I don't get a lot of heritage students. But then, this is very interesting, I get these students who get to know about Turkish culture through social media, get friends uh, from Turkey somehow, and through Turkish TV series on Netflix. So I had this student who came uh, from a STEM field and who ended up taking six levels of Turkish language classes plus the Turkish uh, culture class. So she got the Turkish minor only because she was watching Turkish television series on Netflix and she was fascinated by the culture and language. In the fall semester, uh, again, in the advanced level class, students did a social media project and it was a social justice issue. It was an environmental issue. High in the Kaz Mountains, protesters are on the move through a vast wilderness often called the lungs of Turkey. The area is rich in plant and animal life. It's also rich in gold, leading to this, a scar on the landscape. And we totally relied on a campaign that people in that region, they were doing on social media. So students, uh, they did read, you know, entries by people, postings by people, watch the videos. Social media has its own language. People have a way of, a unique way of expressing themselves in social media. But I found that topic highly engaging for my students. I I couldn't believe how engaged they were, how excited they were. I think they have learned the most in that module and learned a lot about environmental issues and you know what they can do about environmental issues and the climate uh, crisis that's been going on, global warming, etc. I always ask students, okay, what did you learn? It's very important for me that students learn about Turkish culture and society and through language, but also to make uh, connections between their own experiences 
between their own societies and uh, the society in Turkey. So one student, uh, she said, I really like this module because I got to see the love of nature, appreciation of nature in, in the, that Turkish people have. I think it was a very memorable moment for me to, for students to realize that, you know, this is something, the love of nature is something that uh, most people share. And through different practices, many people, you know, uh, find ways of trying to protect the nature or protest uh, actions that, that harm uh, nature and create environmental pollution, etc. Mm-hmm.